welcome everyone to KSQD Santa Cruz at 90.7 FM. I'm Jacob Sheckman, and you're listening to our show, What to Be, where we interview inspiring people and highlight their careers. What to Be is a program provided by Your Future is Our Business, a Santa Cruz County nonprofit that helps students explore careers through programs such as college and career expos, career panels, and other work-based learning activities. Please note the views and opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily represent or reflect those of Natural Bridges Media or Your Future is Our Business. The information provided during this program does not reflect this career in its entirety. All right, and finally, uh, today, we I'm excited to announce we are joined by Duke Quinn. Thanks for being here today, Duke. Well, thank you for having me, Jacob. Yeah, it's absolutely our pleasure. And Duke is here to talk to us about here, his career as a deputy probation officer. So uh, can you, I guess, to start off, let's just talk about what, what would you say your main role is uh, as the deputy probation officer our main role uh, to serve with our philosophy we're here to serve uh the community safety um along with the, the individual itself we're collaborative we work with the courts uh it would be uh, i would like to say that we're the eyes and the ears of um the person in the black robe which is the judge so we basically enforces the terms and conditions of uh, probation. All right. And how long have you been, have you been working in this role? So I'll be going on, uh, my 15 years, uh, with the department started as, uh, a group supervisor working in the juvenile hall where the corrections are at, where a detention center for the, the youth ages, anywhere from 13 to, to, uh, 18 and then transition got promoted from, uh, there took a test and got hired on to be uh, a juvenile probation and then transitioned over to adult and it also works with pretrial itself so the umbrella is just really big it's it's a great department where you get to transition and uh, never dull moment and you can just grow from the department so <clears throat> I want to talk about your your background your your history a little bit you mentioned that you came to this position you have now from from the correctional facility. How about before that? What were you doing? Let's, if you could talk about the education that you received to to get into the job that you have now and the career that you're in. Absolutely. Uh, prior to this, I was um, a residential counselor uh, working for a nonprofit organization. So I was right after graduation from college. Where I got my uh, four-year degrees college at San Jose State University with a degree in criminal justice administration. So I was focusing in that arena. So after college, I got hired on interning for the nonprofit organization as a residential counselor um, with at-risk youth. So from there, that's why I wanted to work with juveniles itself. So now I have a big array of just juvenile transition over to adults so and I also worked with just with the children's shelter just dealing with anybody born you know um, actually young youth all the way up to 18 as well too so that was my emphasis mm -hmm. and what what are these working environments like uh, um, uh, again it, definitely just referring to a normal world when you're able to go out and see a, a client or something what is it yeah, well, I guess I, I. What are the different environments that that you're in when you're on the job? 
So uh, it, it depends on uh, what unit you're in. So if we're just talking about as far as the uh, you're working, you know, directly and closely with the clients itself and the youth. So you're on a day-to-day -day basis working with them and you have your shifts versus as being a pro probation officers, you get your caseloads where they don't have a caseload. So you have a caseload to uh, supervise and manage the caseload that you have. Currently, I'm assigned to the mental health unit uh, where we're just dealing, um, working with clients with uh, mental health disorders and we work with um, county mental health and we're, collab we're also collaborate with the behavioral health court at the same time. So uh, on a day-to-day -day basis, it's just constantly just different. And we meet clients exactly what you might mention uh, at this point. We'll go to, based on the pandemic right now, uh, we're limited in that aspect of it because of the shelter in place. But normally we would basically uh, conduct visits to the tree and either to the uh, bales, um, either uh, home visits, field visits, and so forth. We work with the courts at the same time too. So anything that the judge would basically ask of us, we will be working with them. You mentioned that you were assigned to the uh, the mental health unit. Was this something when you're when you're assigned to you a unit? Do you do you put in a request to, for something that you would want to work on, or is it sort of uh, you you kind of get told here here's where we need you? Uh, great question. Yes, we do request for rotation, so we have it. Uh, so often for our department. So we put in a request for three requests, which is your highest based on your seniority. And uh, that's what they'll determine which is appropriate and why you're appropriate for this position. So you'll get to understand just the whole, you know, um, units from juvenile to every, uh, uh, every unit is so unique and special in its own way that it's just like abundance of opportunity for learning and just growth within um, each unit. So one one may not be just the same as, wow, you just learned this, now you have to learn like a new. So it's just constantly learning about um, your uh, unit itself of what it entails, and you constantly want to train. And we have trainings uh, yearly, which is mandated for us to continue our um, to advance and learn about the the so what what other other departments are actually out there? If, if I can clarify the the question as far as so what type of department? So uh, um, there's there's the the mental health unit, and so what what other what other units? Oh, other units? Yeah, you, yeah. Okay. Oh, so other units. So there's units such as uh, so it's high intensive uh, so the unit itself. So there's domestic uh, uh, domestic violence units, the gang the gang units. There's uh, uh there's the general population so there's a lot because of all the clients that we have it, it needs to be pretty much assigned to it because um certain certain um units have more than others so there's it just breaks it down from the low to the moderate to the high so every every client would be uh supervised by a certain um uh, probation officer so it's an array of, of pretty much um, units that we have. Uh huh. So okay, I want I want to go back to a little bit more about you for for this. Um, what what skills would you say that you have 
or that you've acquired that um, that make you good at, at this job or that make you successful at being able to do at the very least what you need to do? Well, I am passionate about uh, serving and helping others to connect. I believe that we're all, we make mistakes and what's, what's important is how we come out of that mistakes uh, and just serving, serving the community, the clients itself. Um, did they really want this? And, and based on all the training itself, we want to find out and underline what, you know, how they can come back into the community and society itself from the mistakes that they've done. Um, from your question, how, what is, why am I good at that? I just want to connect with people. I think that's ultimately, it's not just about just a checklist itself, being empathetic, compassionate, and just knowing them as instead of you just saying, oh yeah, I got a check mark, basically just knowing them and having that, that same connection that I feel like that's what's happening. And based on this pandemic right now, we don't have that kind of connection, but this is the virtual itself. And, um, constantly learning and always wanted to uh, improve. So as they said, like in the Japanese proverb, it says, you know, the biggest room in the world is the room for improvement. And I'm always constantly trying to improve myself so I can serve better for the community. What would you say, uh, I, this was an interesting question for Felicia when I got to talk to her, um, is a common misconception that people have about your job. Now, I, I will say, uh, the my my common misconception, uh, so just in case you happen to have a different one for us, is that I I certainly didn't realize that it's your from your position you are much more interactive with a client than than I realized that you're not just you're not just responding to someone if they've if they've messed up again right you're you're giving them resources to help keep them from from messing up so can can you talk a little bit more about that. Uh, perception that people don't know about yet? Absolutely. Uh, great question. I think there's a lot of misconception that, you know, we're just jumbled in with law enforcement, police officers, and everybody mm -hmm. else. So, just one. But we have probation officers, a really unique uh, uh, career path where law enforcement basically is the, the front line, as you will, is the bumper. They'll, you know, save and you know, serve and protect the community and just take them out and then bring them to detention itself. And then after they go through the arraignment with the courts itself, then uh, the judge would either uh, grant them formal probation or sentence them. Once their uh, their disposition or um, is heard or adjudication, then uh, they will be assigned a probation officer. And that's where we get to talk. We have all their backgrounds and history and everything else. And we connect and interact exactly what we say on a, uh, on a regular basis where we can meet other case plans in terms of conditions, what needs to be met and the resources of how we can guide them to that. So basically it's more of uh, everything else they should apply by, let's say they, they, they did you know, some, uh, an offense where, okay, dealing with control substance so those are the terms that has to be dealing with control substance whether maybe alcohol or such and such but we just go over to see how they're doing to meet them it's it's something that we know uh citizens already should already have if we you know so it, it says like if we don't basically manage that we're going to have somebody else manage for ourselves so if you're willing to discipline yourself then the physical universe 
doesn't have to discipline you, yeah. right? So, <laughs> so basically, that's called, uh, that's the whole key to that point. We we have a, a different, a unique way where we get to discuss them. Where attorneys don't really talk to them as much. We, if they need us, they'll call us, or we'll see. Hey, you know, some of these just kind of going over that that case plan and so forth, just to get them back to where they're supposed to be at. For those who are just tuning in, you're listening to What to Be at KSQD 90.7 FM Santa Cruz. I'm Jacob Sheckman, and today we're speaking with Duke Huynh and learning about his career journey to becoming a deputy probation officer. What would you say is uh, one of the most surprising things you've picked up since since taking this job? Surprising. Uh, one thing that you might think that uh, would be the same, it wouldn't be the same. So one size does not fit all. So if you if you already experienced one time, it might be different in a different way. So it's just constantly you don't want to be um, complacent. Right. As far as just your job, as far as commitment. so you always want to be, you know, constantly learning and advancing in anything that you do. It said that you know, um, excellence uh, is doing common thing in an uncommon way. So that's that's what you just want to continue to. It may be just common, but it's not really. So you you constantly just want to just advance. Okay, how how do we improve and how do we serve in a better way so the, your clients and yourself could get that benefit from it okay and then what so would you i'm sorry for so the surprise i'm not sure if i answered the question but it's just never pretty much think that one day if you think like your day is just here it's all it's gonna be spiral out something else you plan it this way but it doesn't happen to be that way whether it might be an arrest or a court's calling you based on your reports or anything that is required high urgency and priorities that needs to be met from the ups. So, so it's just, it, you're constantly on your toes. It sounds like. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Now, what would you say is uh, one of, we'll say maybe your least favorite or, or most stressful. What, what's something about the job that maybe you don't all, you don't always look forward to, or, or maybe there isn't anything who knows. Well, uh, I think it comes with uh, everything else. The job, there's always constantly things to do and uh, you don't have enough time to supervise like a lot. So it would be, um, unfortunately, we don't have an, enough uh, employers and employees to pretty much handle most of these cases. So we're overwhelmed with a lot of clients. And if we had more, then it would, it would be less stressful. But we have so much clientele that are uh, that we need to service and are really in high needs of us, and it's demanding at the same time. And we want to service to them in the best of our capability and our ability to do so. And that's one of the things where we're over assigned to a lot of clients. Gotcha. And uh, what we want to like, you know, serve all of them. But unfortunately, certain times, some of them you know, don't have that, even though they're doing well, we want to give them back to them just because they're doing well. doesn't mean that, you know, you kind of like kind of push them on the back burner. You always want to have that, but you want to, as a priority, we got to get the priority first. Right. And that's that, you know, I, I, I feel that 
if we had like a lot more officers, then we can have that ability. But unfortunately, the reality of it, it's not going to be like that. Uh, we have a question from our audience going back to an earlier section. Um, <clears throat> when people get off of the probation program, what, if any, other programs exist to help keep them on the right sort of path? Oh, there's uh, great questions. Once they're on, they're back. So service, I would highly suggest uh, for those who are off probation, talk to your probation officers. They're just, we're just here to service and help everyone. And it's just a great resource. Even though you're off probation, like you don't get like the success stories because they moved on or they feel like this is the first time and so forth. They do come back and, and let us know that, you know, it's few, but they do. Uh, those I just recently got indicating that, oh yeah, thanks for uh, referring me to this community service. I was now actually got a full-time job with them. And then the parents would basically call and say, oh, I appreciate whatever you did. You know, the person is like uh, totally transformed. So resources is always there. What's important is that the individual is out there to ask. If yeah. you're willing to ask a question, we're really, we're here to find the best, you know, the services are available and we'll serve in that way. And if we don't, we'll try to find it in the way that can help. So uh, they'll, we'll slowly integrate you back into the community itself where we have, like I mentioned earlier, with the treatment plans and the goal plans to see what would be met for the, the individual. We have these uh, monthly or weekly, however regularly the officers want to meet with the clients to uh, get them back on track for for the client that just asked that question or one of their audience. Can you talk about uh, the getting one of those phone calls, one of those thank you phone calls? I, I just can only imagine about how fulfilling that might be. Absolutely. Uh, it, it's, it's really rewarding. That's the reason why I do what I do. It's about purpose. Uh, and I feel like just a passion yourself has mentioned passions for you, but purpose for others. So I'm serving for the others itself. I know for them, we don't get as much, but maybe because they moved on, maybe not with us, but somehow we planted that seeds in, in them and they just pay it forward and pass it on whatever way that it is. But just to hear that they, they send the cards and they, you know, they call and, or just mean, Hey, you know, I'm doing well. It, it just, it just means like this is what to be. This is why you want to do what you want to do. And and that was the purpose itself. And that that just means the world there. When somebody just transformed themselves, hey, I did this, whatever you said or how you did it basically caught me during that time. Some may not be ready, but some the those who are ready and and just hearing that back just means just the world. Yeah, man, that's awesome. You're putting yourself out there for these people, and and to get, to get a, a thank you, I can I just imagine I, I I people like appreciation, and you know, so I I love it. So I would I would love being getting thanked in such a way, and it's awesome that you're able to help these people like you do. Do you have maybe a most memorable moment uh, during this career? Uh, memorable. Mm. Just seeing them, I mean, they're all memorable in their own ways, uh, but just to see uh, individual growth and most recently, you know, the clients are, I'm just doing a human, humanistic approach and they cry, even grown adults, you know, uh, really 
older adult and they would say why do you do you know what you do but we we do across the board just to to serve them whether they and most people know what to do but they don't do what they know so essentially they just needed that guide or that push they know it's there and they they're almost there but they just need that push and i think surrounding themselves with just positive and influential in a positive way would get them out in that way so they don't even need probation itself but you know it's just a matter for the individual are they ready for this that moment to step forward in the future so all this is memorable in a way the the personal growth for themselves and i feel like you know it's common sense but it's not really common practice so if they continue to practice on just working on the personal development and whatever they aspire to do not just about the career but their own personal you know growth within themselves then they're they're fulfilled awesome that's man what an experience dude okay uh another question here what kind of strategies do you practice self oh, excuse me what kind of strategies do you use to practice self care when things get really stressful or emotionally difficult? Well, oh, that's a great question. This is where, I, uh, that's an excellent question. The strategy itself, what I personally do uh, uh, is self-care is I, I work out, I meditate just to alleviate a lot of the distraction and the noises with our, our daily lives. Uh, the pandemic, obviously, just the biggest thing that, you know, that's happening at this moment right now. But I've been working out, you know, all my life, and that's just decompress and kind of reduces the cortisol and just release endorphins and the dopamines. I wake up early in the morning, and that's when I, I get that and just, you know, thank grace for you know, this life and this health. And that's how I don't get burnt out. So I have that as a ritual for myself as far as just working out, running, meditate whatever that for, for the individual would help them. I, uh, if it doesn't add value to my life, I don't do it. So that's just to, to self care and kind of not only when I, it goes hand in hand by mind and spirit. So I do all of that. So it could be aligned itself. So when I work out, I'm just like, you know, working out just to tone and fitting. But when I run, I'm just trying to get all that, you know, the respiratory and everything else out. When that's just the physical aspect of it, but with the meditation, I'm just trying to, you know, not think about anything and trying to be quiet within my own self and just clear so we can actually be more clear and be more aware of and conscious of what we're doing on a daily basis. Awesome. Yeah. Great ways to stay, to stay physically and mentally in shape. So uh, if you could rewind your memory, all the, try and go back to, to middle school or, or early high school, could you think... Or did you think you would ever be in in the job that you were that you have now, or did you were you kind of still up in the air? I reflected a lot. I wanted to be this uh, a probation officer. Uh, you were making poor choices. Uh, um, just surrounding myself with you know, um, not. Not knowing, I think just the courage itself at the time, just surrounding yourself with just negative influence and ah, I don't want to lead that way. But I definitely wanted to work as transitioning to college. It was like social work, but I also wanted the other area aspect of it where you have the leverage as far as with 
corrections and law enforcement, where you have best of both worlds, where you can also uh, counsel in, in a way, but yet you also have the authority figure in the sense where, hey, you know, if you're not in compliance with it, this will lead you to this consequence for yourself. So uh, looking, you know, looking back and reflecting on just the choices I've made, uh, well, I'm glad I learned from it. So it led me to the way that and I was, you know, persistent in, in my path and wanting to serve back, not just to have that authoritarian figure, but you, like I mentioned earlier, we, we're a unique uh, career where we get to connect with the, our clients, where we can have a uh, just like a time frame, opposed to just going to court and this is all you have with your attorney, or this is all you have with the judge, this is all you have with the the officer, this is all that you have for the the you know being incarcerated. You have this relationship within this duration of time that you're on probation for, and if the clients are doing well, the incentive is that the probation officer uh, would request for an early termination because we feel that the clients, you know, we don't need them to be in this long because they've already met with all the criteria and it looks like they already are remorseful and they're, you know, we can request that from the judge and we have the ability to do that. And that's just a privilege. Now, <clears throat> since it seems like, there must be, I'm, I'm sure there are people or clients that you work with who are inspired by you and what you do for them. Was there anyone along your career journey that that was particularly inspiring for you? Absolutely. Teachers, uh, just uh, counselors, just, just a lot of people. I, I think we just, if we change the way we look at things, Wayne Dyer would say, as we, if we change the way we look at things, things begin to change. So if it's already there and we think that because we're, we just are surrounded, just a small bubble, we're not looking at the big picture. And then just looking back, there's so many uh, people, even though you may not think that they're helping, they may have a different approach. But I have to answer your question, yes, I have a lot of from teachers to counselors to college professors, uh, which I keep in contact, just working with that and just surrounding yourself. And even though if you don't have it, I think the best way is just to educate yourself as far as nowadays with the electronics, you just learn through you know the media and gravitate to what you want to do and the, the reading biographies of those who are influential. And those are even the mentors that are not even there, you know, passed away, but they're there. And uh, I, that's how I see see it as. Uh, I hope, like for those who are listening, feel as if you know they're they're courageous enough to ask someone, even if you know they say no. At least they can so you know they feel that, oh nobody helped me in this way. They are there. It's just like you have to. They can't read your mind. You just have to open yourself up. And to answer the question, yes, it's always there. Yeah. Awesome. Well said. All right, we are in our last minute here. Do you have any advice that you'd like to send our listeners off with? Uh, I do. Uh, it's a quote from um, Earl Nightingale, and uh, he would say, we become what we think about. So protect your mind of just uh, don't bring anything else into that. It's negative for yourself. Protect it with you know all all your life, because what you bring in there, you're going to basically, 
hopefully you'll, you'll manifest itself and you want to protect it as the best your ability so just have positive surround yourself with positive people like-minded people or people that you want to aspire to do uh through your career path or your life surround yourself with those people because if you show me your friend and i'll tell you your future awesome great great way to end it we've got a big thank you from our our teacher today to you duke and thank you for me we've had a wonderful time having you on the show Well, thank you so much for having me again, Jacob. Appreciate this. It's a privilege. Absolutely. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in to today's career story. I'm Jacob Sheckman, and this is our show, What to Be, with today's guest, Duke Huin. Uh, He is a deputy probation officer. If you have any questions or would like to share your career story with us, send us an email at whattoberadio at gmail.com. If you enjoyed our show, please join us again at 90.7 FM KSQD Santa Cruz at 7 p.m. on Sundays or stream online at ksqd.org, or visit our website, yfiob.org, for more ways to listen. Thank you, and see you next time.